Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Sky Town, City Pride, Citywide? This is the CHGO Sky Podcast. I am Chris. He is Steven. And as always, we are presented by DraftKings. Use that code CHGO when you sign up for DraftKings and get $20 added to your account right off the bat. No questions asked. Steven, man, playoff push is here. But first things first, how you doing? I see you got the powder blue sky cap on, still representing All-Star Weekend, not melting. How you feel? <laughs> I'm feeling great, man. How you feeling? Not bad. Not bad. Can't talk about softball too much on the show, but Uh I know the league is doing well, and my team got a walk-off win last night. Shout out to Chirp Radio. So that playoff push is in in the works already, too. Um, But, hey, you see, we got the CHGO diehard locker shirt on. Check out CHGO Sports and check out the CHGO locker. Um, Man, we got a special guest on the show today because we got that Dallas Wings doubleheader down south this weekend. Big time games coming up. So, I, I, you know, without any further ado, let's bring our guest on. He is a writer for SB Nation's Mavs Moneyball blog, the, da- the preeminent Dallas Wings writer, formerly a fan-sided in high post hoops as well. Please welcome Kristen Braswell onto the show. Appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me on today. You got to tell you. me. I, I don't know how you and James Harden be rocking the full hair and beard down in Texas in the middle of the summer. You see, the funny thing is, I actually had braids three days ago, and my hairdresser canceled on me last night. So, you know, <laughs> we out here thugging it, you know? <laughs> For real. <laughs> uh-uh. No doubt. Appreciate you coming on, man. Um, the Wings. I think I, I want to get into their transformation from last year to now, even over the last few years to now, uh, further on as we go. But they're in a really good spot right now with the playoffs beckoning only in the next you know, month and a half or so on a nice streak, not, not disregarding the Sunday loss against uh, Las Vegas. It's Las Vegas, you know, what are you going to do? But 7-3 and three in their last 10 and really set up for some success, I think, once the postseason comes. Yeah, the Dallas Wings have really, it's night and day compared to last season. And considering the pieces that left, you know, now a Sky player in Isabel Harrison, uh, Alicia Gray down in Atlanta, um, Kayla Thornton going to New York. A lot of people had, you know, question marks on this roster coming to the season, including myself, <laughs> um, not to mention that as well. But considering how they've played this season and the way they've operated, I think they've deserved, you know, a little pat on the back. Sure. A little. 
Yeah, I I would say they deserve a big hug in terms of in terms of an apology. Uh, I I won't I won't say I thought they were going to be as great as they have been, but I could see them being this great in stretches, and it's just been more sustained than I saw that they that I thought that they were able to kind of you know make it happen this season, just because they had so many pieces that they can dictate with. First of all, Satu being healthy changes everything so much literally everything offensively defensively independent of Arike with Arike like it just changes everything like if they had if they had Satu last season they might have beat the uh, Connecticut Sun in the first round to be honest because that team was very vulnerable in the first round and they almost did it when they won game two and forced it back to Dallas for game three yeah so I think if they had Satu last season things would look a lot different nonetheless we're seeing why I'm saying that and why that's likely true with what she's doing this season coming out of uh, an all-star selection. Yeah, Satu has been huge this season. Um, like you said, the first all-star selection, all-star starter at that. Um, and a lot of the things that she's done this season have really been things that she's been able to do her entire career, just being on the floor. You know, availability is the best uh, ability. And unfortunately, like the first three years of her career wasn't really there. But this season, um, she's really honed in on her craft, and she gives a lot of credit to her overseas coaches and training staff because um, we, we all know there is no real time to develop uh, in the W because it's a short season and turnaround with games. But uh, she's really been everything that she, we know that she could have been. But really, like I just said, like she's on the court. She's playing every game, and she's playing a lot of minutes. So she's top four in minutes on the team, and she's mainly closing a lot of those closing lineups. So that's one of the things that we've always known that she could do. But now that you can see it in front of her, it's like, okay, you know, she's one of the best players on this team. And, you know, you say that she might be the best player, but that's the thing. You know, they've had three players that have really carried them all season, whether it be Satu Sabli, Arike Ogubawale, Natasha Howard. I mean, the, the list goes on and on, you know? And that's actually what Satu told me verbatim um, over All-Star break, uh, mentioning that she didn't necessarily – well, actually, Arike mentioned it first when I asked her about Satu's developments and growth. And she said it wasn't necessarily that she got that much better. Like, she definitely evolved. She didn't get that much better, though. It was just more opportunity because she was healthy. And then Satu pretty much um, agreed with it and echoed similar sentiments to that as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been fun to just watch her, watch her put her stamp on things the way that she did in college, doing it in a sustained manner on this W level and showing that she can be not just an elite player but a difference maker on both ends of the floor. And we've yes, seen I Go ahead, man. Yes, uh, I think one of the main things that have really helped the Wings and, and Satu in her development as well is her role as a creation and uh, also as an initiator. Uh, when she has the ball in her hand, special things happen, whether she's scoring or not, the extra pass, it's the little things that really make this offense go that she's really been a huge part of. Yeah, you would expect that out of that the players on that Oregon team, right? That team was so special, and I know Sabrina got a lot of the pub because she was the primary ball handler, and Ruthie set the record for uh, field goal percentage. But Satu is, like, in that swingman role, but she's, like, a super version of that, just like a supercharge where she can score at least two levels, pull it out for three if, she, if, if the need arises, start plays, finish plays, and rotates and plays one-on-one defense about as well as you'd want from an all-star caliber player. And then, you know, I think, I think there was this feeling that Natasha Howard was kind of on the downslope of her career after Seattle. Like, not, not necessarily a cast-off, but 
not expected to have the impact that she's had. And same with Crystal Dangerfield. Like, she was a big part of what they got up in Minnesota. And then she bounced around a little bit. And now she's really putting in. It's, it's kind of like with Jordan Canada, how she left Seattle. And you seem like, well, why would they let her go? And even though the Sparks aren't up like that, Jordan Canada's played a big part when they've won. Crystal Dangerfield's done a lot of the same with Dallas. Yeah, Crystal Dangerfield has been a godsend for this team. Um, one of the things that really hurt them last year, they didn't have a true point guard, and Crystal Dangerfield right. is exactly that. You know, a lot of people want to, you know, talk about her height, whether it being 5'5 five, five or 5'6, five, but when I tell you she is one of the most fierce defenders I've ever seen, she does not give up. She's going under the screens. It doesn't matter if you're 6'3, six, 6'4. Six, she's going to bring her best every game. And uh, as far as the team in, in itself, uh, Crystal has really been a really true savant in the mid range, which is a team has really kind of struggled with, especially uh, the guards itself. Um, Veronica Byrne has been great with her defense, but that scoring punch that Crystal brings has been uh, much needed. Yeah, and I think even kind of going back to one of your previous statements with Satu being able to initiate, I think that's something that really changes up everything for the offense because it makes them so much less guard-centric like they were last season between Marina, of course, and Arike. And then, unfortunately, Arike went down the later later end of the season and wasn't, wasn't able to play in the playoffs. So that just added to, you know, the stress and the demands on Marina to not just score but also play make. She obviously did as well as she possibly could, especially being a focal point of a game plan in the playoffs. But there was a need for a traditional or more true point guard, like you mentioned. And I thought I felt like Crystal was a great pickup for them in the trade, as well as Natasha. Like Natasha, initially it kind of seemed like or came across as if she was just a throw-in in the trade, just to kind of eat up some minutes or whatever. Right. And she's like, yeah, I'm not just that. And she just came <laughs> out, and she was a borderline all-star this season. I, in my honest opinion, like, I wouldn't have voted her in over, you know, the selections that did come, but I feel like she was all-star caliber, and she's continued to be that this season. And I think in addition to Crystal and, of course, with Satu and Big T and uh, Kalani as well, I feel like all of those additions, but especially Natasha, has really helped to kind of push the needle uh, outside of the top two players in Arike and, uh, and Satu. And then also just kind of looking at uh, at Crystal, she, like, in terms of doing things independent of Arike and Satu, that's where she really kind of uh, bridges the gap. And then, this, of course, with Tierra as well, she really bridges the gap because all of them are getting game plan for her. They got a specific way they're going to guard T in the post. They got a specific way they're going to guard Arike individually as well as in pick and roll. And then, obviously, they're going to try to take away and limit Satu's touches as much as possible. So when she's coming off of screens from the latter two or if she's uh, doing handoffs and stuff like that with Arike, it just makes everything that much more difficult for them. And then, like you mentioned, Chris, she's also been knocking down her mid-range jumper at a, uh, I think it might be a career high level at this point this season or somewhere in that stratosphere. And that's really just, again, it's just changing the math for them. And it's really making them, in my opinion, they've looked like the second best team for the entire season. For the whole season? For the whole season. If you're looking at the whole season, I feel like they've, They've proven it. The, the the Liberty have had their ups and downs that we talked about. So the Mystics and anybody else you might want to throw in that, that second tier. What what do you think about that, Chris? Is like, would you put Dallas over Connecticut at this point? Well, I don't know if I put them over Connecticut right now, but if we're looking at the full scope of the season, I feel like sometimes we're forgetting that, you know, Tierra McCowell didn't play almost all of June uh, while she was overseas with Turkey um, playing you know, her overseas commitment. 
And Natasha Howard, in my preview I wrote for uh, Match Moneyball, I said that Natasha Howard was the crown jewel of the offseason. One of the things this team has missed was veteran leadership. I mean, she's been there multiple rings, a depoy. She's played. She's been that second fiddle to Stewie. She's been the main option in sometimes where uh, those games where exactly weren't going in some Seattle's favor. So but Natasha Howard in, her, in and of herself, um, she's really picked up the slack this season. When uh, Tierra went overseas, you know, Natasha Howard just thrown into the post and, you know, he'll <laughs> fight for your life, you know. Yep. And, you know she, yep. She's 6'3". She's 6'3". Don't get me wrong, but she's not necessarily made to sit in the post just every game in and game out, and she doesn't necessarily like it per se, which is why she was really glad when T came back when the team brought Kalani on as the first hardship that she had this season. And she was really happy about that. But she's always made it known that whatever coach asks, she's going to get it done. And to be honest, she, she held the ship up uh, when uh, Tierra was overseas, and the team came back. And they've been firing on all cylinders ever since. And I think it's not just the offensive side, but obviously that's what jumps off most for Natasha. But even defensively, in addition to all the versatility that Satu brings in that wing slash front court, Natasha's brought some of that in her own flavor as well with the activity, the scheme versatility, unlocking different lineups for them. It's just it's just been such a resounding effect that it's had, like I said, as an in addition to piece, something that wasn't necessarily expected from most. And it's really been a pleasant surprise. And I don't even know if um, if if the team in general really expected her to pop the way that she has for them this season, especially, like you said, independent of Big T when she was gone. So now that she's back and now all of the pieces are all in the fold and everybody's healthy, I don't know, man. They just have, certain, they have a certain way to dictate on the game that no other team in the W can even replicate. And that's how they beat the – that's literally how they beat the Aces uh, when, they, when they played in, uh, I think it was mid-July. That last, yeah, the game before the last one that they yeah. had, that was the way that they beat them. They they were able to punish them inside, and then the inside-out game got them rotating on defense, and now they're moving the ball around. Arike is doing what she does in isolation. Crystal's knocking down middies. Big T's got an inside presence. And then in addition to all of that with their pace on offense, then they're playing defense in an, act, in an active way as well. And it's like most teams can't A, guard the aces per se or keep up with them scoring pace wise and if you're able to do both of those things especially with the pieces they have to compromise them in different ways that no other team can that's fair that's where you look at things in a playoff series if they can't solve that part of the puzzle in terms of the front court pieces that the the wings have not just the aces that's the whole league like if if nobody can figure out how to stay out of foul trouble against big t and kalani and natasha and satu what can you like? What are you gonna do? They're gonna be at the free throw line and they hit eighty percent of their free throws as a team, and I think they're top three or top four in free throws per game. That's just a different way to dictate. In addition to all of the other points in the paint that they get, and that's the, I haven't said anything about Arike's uh, near scoring, <laughs> near scoring at a, hey, a season high. Like <laughs> it's just, it's just a lot going on down there, man. You are gonna have Lawrence putting some putting some bets out right now, man. Seriously, yeah. It's a lot going on down there. Prognostication. <laughs> Kristen, man, uh, I think a lot of this goes to Latricia Trammell. Um, I know just defensively, that's that was her calling card when she came in. It coached on the college level, assisted on WNBA benches for a long time. But where do you really see her mark being left on this year's iteration of the Dallas Wings? You know, that's a great question because, you know, no one's really ever asked me that besides his X's and O's. And in preseason, a walk queer came into the press room and said, I love coming to work. I've I'm not sure what she can say besides that she loves coming to work, she loves coming to practice, she loves this team. And, you know, it's fair to say I don't think players are really saying that last year for a myriad of reasons. But this season, um, as far as just off the court, 
Latricia Trammell has been everything that these players have needed. Uh, she's a leader. Uh, she listens. She talks to them. She cares about things. It's not just basketball. You know, players tell you in a heartbeat, you know, she'll go to war for them. And she loves them. And, you know, I really think that this kind of leadership is like what they needed. Not exactly a kind of like totalitarian, but someone that is also kind of like a love, you know, pat you on the back, but also let you know when you're doing something wrong instead of just, you know, kind of a little stern. Not everybody responds to that kind of leadership. But seeing that the team has responded the way they have this season and the way they've gone to bat for her, uh, I don't think you could ask for anything more. I'd agree with that. Um, something always sticks in my mind. I remember when Flip Saunders was with the Timberwolves and then went to Detroit, I think, there was an interview with Kevin Garnett. And you know how intense he is, but he looked the interviewer dead in the eye and said, hey, we, we run through a wall for Flip. And when you get a coach like that on a team that's just kind of scratching the surface of their potential, it, it makes sense to see what they've done this season. Uh, shift shifting to the sky a bit. French Bulls TV, appreciate you coming. Oh, French Bulls TV getting this spicy right now, listening to watching the show. Um, first of all, said Satu Sabali has been massive all season long for sure. But Marina Mabry revenge game coming, both yeah. 25 points and two wins. Talk it into existence. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> my man, he's got all the confidence in the world. I want to talk about that because not only did we have kind of the unexpected I don't want to call it addition by subtraction because you don't lose a player like Alicia Gray or Mariah Jefferson and just automatically you're not automatically going to get better but we talked about these things already Satu Sabali being healthy Tierra McCowan bringing in Natasha Howard Crystal Dangerfield but looking at the sky this season they've had upheaval in the front office they've had injuries right out of the gate but kind of Dallas deciding to push their chips in with Arike versus necessarily Marina and then um, agreeing to that four-team deal. How do you see it having worked out for both sides? It's still, still somewhat of an early juncture to judge that, but how do you see it having worked out for Dallas and for Chicago in terms of that letting go of Marina? So from the Dallas uh, side of things, Despite them being one of the, if not the best team in the paint, because I think they are number one right now as far as paint points, and just it's kind of hard to defend a six-seven center tier McCowan, and then you rotate in Connie Brown who's six-six, and then a Wakweir who's six-five, and then Satu Sabli who's six-four that can play the power forward or the center position if you really need her to. I wouldn't advise it, but she can if you were really in that type of situation. Sure. Um, despite all that, this team is dead last in three-point percentage, and inside-out game only works so much if you can actually nail down that three. And the best three-point shooter that you're at being Satu Sabli, you know, she's always roaming around the floor. She's never really necessarily set up to get a three-point shot. Uh, that might be a problem for a team that, like you saw on Sunday with Vegas. Uh, they were trying to play Vegas's game, and that was not how they played on July 7th. Um, but other than that, I think that's really what's hurt them most is uh, shooting capabilities. But from Chicago's side, I mean, that's kind of guard that you needed next to Dana. Someone that can put the ball in her hands, someone that can put the ball in the hoop, most importantly, set the offense as well, uh, independent of Dana. So I think that as far as, you know, everyone wants to talk about the, the picks and the trades and all of that, it all really depends on what you put on the court. And as far as where the Sky are this season without the injuries, I mean, they're still right there. And from the fourth down to the eighth seed, I think there's like a separation of like two, maybe three games. Yeah, so, I mean, tight. You know, it's tight. So, like, with two games, you could go from the eighth seed to the third seed. I mean, it's possible. We've seen it. But uh, the Sky themselves, uh, they've been playing pretty well in the arena. I really like what I've seen. Uh, and hopefully they can continue it. I think talking about the trade and everything, 
it wasn't a trade, but signing Isabel Harrison, I felt was big time because looking at the wings from last season, especially when Arike went down, but even while she was there, the fact that Arike was able to get a lot of catch-and-shoot opportunities off of the pick-and-roll game between Marina and Isabel and the chemistry and synergy that they had as a tandem, was it was like an unlocked, uh, unlocked dynamic of the, the Wings offense last season because it was, it was featuring Arike on the second side spacing, kind of yeah. like how Marina is used with the sky now when Courtney Williams and Elizabeth Williams are in pick-and-roll. And I think that's the dynamic that's missing from this guy team a little bit. Like, obviously, they're doing a very, very good job in pick and roll, and that's something I'm going to actually be talking about uh, sometime before Friday. Um, but I just think if Isabel was able to kind of bridge that gap between it only being, for the most part, Elizabeth Williams screening and rolling, if you could get Izzy mixed in there, because Izzy cannot just screen and roll, but she could also screen and pop. And that was one of the big things that she was working on in terms of evolving her game was spacing the floor a little bit more this season and being able to knock down more threes. I think the fact that she's missing is something that you can't really replace just because it's it's a different type of skill. And I think Alana and uh, Morgan have done a very good job, but Isabel's a little bit bigger and she's a little bit more capable of uh, kind of banging in the paint if she was to be matched up with a, a potentially a Tierra if they get switched or, you know, different things like that. So I do think her impact is missing from this team. Hopefully she's still progressing from her from her surgery and with the physical therapy and everything. But I just wanted to make sure we kind of mention her as well because I think the addition of Marina was also just really stood out to me just because of what I potentially saw between her and Isabel. Couldn't agree more, man. Uh, I think that's one thing this guy really missed this season is just a four that can kind of stretch the floor and also take the pressure off of the guards uh, on the other than the half court. That's one thing I think the sky have missed mostly. I mean, Robin Parks, Lana Smith, Elizabeth Woolley, they've been doing great. But as far as just that jump shooting ability outside the paint, that's one thing I think they've really needed. But even without her not playing, I mean, think about what she would do if she was playing with this team. It'd be a lot much more efficient, per se, but also just the shot-making ability. I think that's one thing they would definitely uh, benefit off of. That's, that's it right there, the shot making and just kind of diversifying their shot profile a little bit more. I always talk about Kai and Marina getting post touches. If if Izzy was here, that's another spot within the shot profile of the team where she can flourish and really impact the game and kind of invert the offense. Feels like it's a lot a very perimeter-oriented. Um, they try to force it to Elizabeth Williams at times outside of just a pick and roll. They give her like a post touch. Uh, the last couple of games, they've given it to her right right away to start the game. And that's not necessarily her cup of tea. She can get it done every once in a while. But if you had Isabel Harrison in that spot, not necessarily to replace Elizabeth, but to be that piece that you go to if you want to get a post-touch, in addition to Marina, in addition to Kalia Copper, I think that's where things are kind of – it's just like a missing dynamic from the team. Because now, if you say you go small ball when Elizabeth is off the floor, you put Izzy at the five, and now Atlanta is at the four, you can go five-out spacing, but you can also go four-out one-in. And Izzy can get the job done, especially when she's given space to go one-on-one in isolation from the block or from the elbow. And she can get to the free throw line. She can knock down mid-range jump shots. She can operate as a um, as a at a triple threat out of the post and things like that to kind of just break up the ice and give the team a different look over the course of a game. So uh, definitely looking forward to seeing her. I don't think she'll be back this season, but I hope she does surprise everybody and she is able to come back. But but yeah. I mean, Izzy uh, last week mm-hmm. put up a tweet, said the rehab is rehabbing. So she's – and I saw that um, our guy Connor put up – put up uh, Izzy was at practice, I think, 
No scooter, no boot, nothing, no um, no support. And we saw her at All Star yeah, Weekend up too. At the games this weekend too. Yeah, she was on time. the orange carpet. Mm-hmm. So at the very least, she's close to the team. It's, it's something that you at least want to have. Um, that her and Rebecca Gardner are close to the team, still have that presence that Emery talked about. Uh, I think back before the All Star break, having those players around the team contributing in some way, shape, or form. But it would be something, it would be really nice to get Izzy back on the floor because, like you said, with her operating out of the high or low post, if you, it gives you a diversity of options. Bit of a, it's a bit of a um, double entendre there, but <laughs> it gives you options, especially at the start of a game, whether she goes by herself to try and score or you have the shooters out on the, out on the perimeter. And not only do you have Marina starting the game, not only do you have Courtney starting the game with her, but you have Ka, who's been such a good three-point shooter this season. And I think there's something to be said for getting three points at the game, at the start of the game rather than two, just because it gives a little bit extra like, okay, if we we see him hit one three-point shot, then they might come down and get another open three-point shot and you're six points down instead of four. Just those those little things. Uh, Marina Mabry's a big part of that though, and she's been struggling a bit with her shot and trying to get, trying to find her way in the offense uh, I know the three of us have watched a good amount of Wings basketball over the last few years. Chris, and you more than most. Um, is it is it familiar for Marina kind of to be finding her way, or does it seem a little unexpected um, that she's still having trouble just finding exactly a good spot in this new offense? Um, as far as the struggles, I think this really kind of expected, considering the team, like the injuries that they've had, and also just learning a new city, a new team, new style of offense. Uh, and then also, you know, James Wade leaving in the middle of the season, then going over Emery. I mean, the system may be kind of the same, but there are some tweaks that I've noticed are a little bit different. I'm pretty sure Steven could go into a little bit more than I can. But uh, having, having, no, for real. But having that, also considering what she was asked to do coming into this season, and I'm pretty sure that role has changed just a little bit. Um, I don't think it's that bad, but I, I do think that what she's going through, um, let's just say Izzy comes back healthy and she's in the playoffs. This is a team I'd be afraid of, honestly. We're going to take a while to uh, get some of the business done, pay our sponsors. So we wanted to let you know about Shady Rays, even though it's a cloudy day in Chicago today. The sun will be out going all the way through September. The sky will be blue. And for that, you need your polarizing UV blocking Shady Rays. Best sunglasses out there for my money. If you break them, if you're clumsy like me, if you almost sit on your sunglasses for some reason or another because you can't see, then Shady Rays has immediate protection. If you break them the first day you buy them, they will send you a new pair free of charge, no hassles, no questions asked. They're also, once again, helping out those in need across the country, including kids with multiple sclerosis, and sales for Shady Rays have gone to help those people and children in need all across the country. So use that code CHGO at Shady Rays and get 50% off your first two pairs. Two pairs, your first two pairs. Two pairs, two pairs, got to do the Booker T (laughs) (laughs) of Shady Rays sunglasses. Shady Rays, the best sunglasses, the best shades out there for the cost, absolutely guaranteed. Now, Steven, I know we got Dallas is playing Chicago in Dallas this weekend, but the Sky are going to have some good games going down the stretch. They got Connecticut one more time. I believe they got Atlanta at home one more time. And correct me if I'm wrong, they might, you might have another chance to see Aaliyah Boston in town before the season's out. Mm-hmm. And for that, you want to use game time. Absolutely 
positively use Game Time, the best ticket sale and resale app on the market. They have seat views so you can see exactly where you're sitting. No tricks of the trade. You get there and you get an obstructed view seat or your sit is supposed to be sitting downstairs and then you're actually upstairs. No, they're going to show you exactly where you're sitting for this upcoming Lynx versus the Sky game. That'll be good. Nafisa Collier in, our old rival Cheryl Reeve. And you can sit section 128, row K, two seats right there. And you see it, you're right above the tunnel. You're right behind the stanchion. Absolutely beautiful spot to watch a basketball game. And they're not gonna they're not gonna get you on fees, they're not gonna get you on any last minute tricks. You can get the best last minute deals with game time. So if it's the day of the game, if it's ten minutes before the game and you say you want to buy a ticket, get over to Wintrust, have a little food or fat pour, then go over to the game and then hit Cermac Road. Use game time. Use that code CHGO when you sign up, too, and get $20 off your first purchase. Again, that code is CHGO, $20 off your first purchase at game time. Lowest prices, best seats, guaranteed every single time. Kristen, I want to talk to you again. We've got so much going on this season. Um, I kind of wanted to save it till the end, but... I don't want it to get lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. Diana Taurasi had a little bit of a had a little bit of a five fingers in the face moment in that Sky game on Sunday, and I know Marie, <laughs> are you thinking about it, right? <laughs> thinking about the image. Um, I know it's not just Phoenix, but having Diana Taurasi slap Marina in the face, easily seen on slow motion and fast motion. And then Sophie Cunningham with that with that Kurt Angle Kurt Angle move last week. Um, I'm I'm trying to is is it just like are we just talking about legacies here? Is it just that you got to examine what what the legacy of Diana and Sophie are, or is it is it more towards what should the league do about these things? Like we talked about with Jason Ross, does this kind of play add? to the WNBA or does it detract from it? Let's start there. Well, I think for one, you know, we always talk about what the W needs and this is one of them. The W needs a villain. And, you know, Sophie has been that and she's embraced it. Do I agree with kind of some things that she does in her ways? Uh, Not necessarily because Draymond Green, like let's say on an NBA counterpart, he doesn't try to injure people. (laughs) You know, he's not her grabbing ankles like like she did to Kata the other day in uh, Phoenix. Uh, that was. He did kick Stephen Adams in the, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I mean, that, I mean, <laughs> you can't say you can't say that was intentional, though, can you? I mean, you, her hand literally reached out and grabbed her ankle. Like, no, that was that was for that was for sure. There's no, bas- there's no basketball there. <laughs> like, I'm trying to understand where that was coming from, but uh, I don't know. I, I think they kind of feed off of each other in that kind of sense, um, you know. As great as DT is, she kind of has this kind of like quote unquote ridden off mindset. And I think Sophie Cunningham has that as well. And they're perfect teammates, you know, because I don't understand. <laughs> listen, to, listen, if I was someone that gave me five fingers face like that, which is blatant, like you, the ball was nowhere near your face. I'm right. not sure how that happened, but, you know, Marina, shout out to everybody for not, you know, reacting because Kyle was ready to go off. <laughs> and I mean, if you look at the situation with Sophie, Kai mentioned it on Twitter the next morning. She was like, "Now, nah, now, nah, if I react, you know, what, what is that going to do? Because this is a this is a rap sheet that she's compiled now over the course of the seasons, not just weak seasons over her career, where she's doing things that are not even borderline. They're just literally 
just completely out of bounds. And I mean, I think you said it best. They are they are perfect teammates for each other. They're <laughs> definitely kindred spirits. That's a and that's an understatement. But um, I think I think it. I wouldn't say that type adds to the flavor because I think, and I won't say it detracts either. But it's definitely like edgy, and it shows for the for the the the, the men that don't actually watch the W, and they say it's like soft or whatever. It shows that there is a lot of grit and edge to the to the women's side of basketball. I think the bully of the uh, the WNBA is uh, Alyssa Thomas, though. Alyssa Thomas. Moment. And if it's not Alyssa, if it's not Alyssa, then it's Big T for sure. But I think it's I think it's Alyssa first, second, and third, and then <laughs> Big T after that. <laughs> so I think that's a more that's a more conducive to winning uh, style of bullying, where it's within the bounds of the game and it's not it's teetering it, which is naturally going to do, but it's not over it's not overdoing it at the same time where putting somebody in harm's way, potentially injuring somebody, you know, in a manner that has nothing to do with basketball. So, Yeah, I agree. As far as the big T point, um, you know, we talk about her stature all the time. She kind of hates when players are trying to, like, peck the ball away from her, especially when the play is over, which has kind of happened when she were in Vegas and then Kelsey was getting for the ball. Like, (laughs) Asia's already right there. Like, why are you here? And then, you know, she bounced off of her, like, and then she stared her down. Like, I don't know what you were expecting. See, like, what what other outcome were you expecting to come from this? Like, (laughs) you see me and you see you, like... (laughs) Respect to a plum dog because she's definitely a dog, but yeah. also, yeah. also. <laughs> it's like just I I haven't seen Tierra McCallum play in person in a while. So I, I wish that, that one of those games were in Chicago because people don't need people need to understand this. You go to games live. I know we just tied the game time ad, but you go to games live and you can see this stuff close up. You can understand how good these players are, and you can understand the actual size that they carry. So there's like Candace Parker is tall, um, Natasha Howard is tall, Satu's tall. Tierra is a mountain of a person. <laughs> <laughs> like Tierra McCown is not playing. That's a, it's a double team, and if you don't double, I mean someone is always opening single coverage. Listen, man, it's two where she's going to the line. Like that's. You, got, you have no choice but the foul. <laughs> exactly. And she's like, and it's not just she's just taking up surface area on the court. She's skilled. Like, she has touch around the basket. Mm-hmm. She has a hook shot. She has a little floater. She can pass out of double teams. And obviously, there's no double team that's bigger than her. So when you send two, she can just pass right over the top of somebody. That's an advantage instantly. Like, she's just, she's just really good. And then even defensively, obviously, she's not going to be switching out on the perimeter. But anything from the free throw line and down, she can stick in front of somebody. And obviously, with her reach and her wingspan, which is a, <laughs> an entendre for you. <laughs> uh, even in addition to, you know, Satu and everybody else they got in the front court, she just really fortifies everything and is just a true defensive anchor. That's one of the things I've been doing the most is, like, uh, Dallas and their big, their bigs passing to each other. You know, like yeah. I said, top four, six, yeah. three, six, seven, six, 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 five. No one can stop those passes going up so high. And like for her to be that, and also shoot forty-seven percent, near forty-seven percent from three to ten range with a, that little fadeaway, it's practically unguardable. Yep. Coming through that, so it's a uh, region rev Gary region rev out and Gary talking about that says DT has been like that since they, you know, that Tennessee yeah. Connecticut rivalry. Yeah. Will never die. I want. I want to see. I want to see Tennessee get back on um, on a national level, so we can really rekindle that. Um, and then also, South Carolina fans can have somebody else to be mad about. Um, <laughs> but coming into this weekend, 
it's it's big games for both teams, but the Sky are really chasing that 500 record, and they they really didn't do what we what we said they had to do. They split both of those games in the four they had with Seattle and Phoenix. So you come to two Dallas needing to win at least one against a team that is very good at home. Um, playing devil's advocate, Chris, with what you said about Tierra McCowan and how good she's been um, this, especially since coming back. And how limit not limited, but the sky don't have the size to really contend with it straight up one on one. How do you play that Dallas team um, when you're the sky and you're looking for one or two wins? Well, at least I can see them going half and half. In order to do that, you know, you kind of have to put your main focus on Tierra McCall because that's really where the game starts and ends for them. If Dallas doesn't get a you know consistent pace going in the paint to start the game. Um, they start jacking up a lot of threes, and that's not really pretty, um, especially considering the talent they don't really have. And consider this is the same team that, you know, Wings President CEO Greg Bibbs said you want to see play a five-out offense. Uh, no, it's not happening. It's not, <laughs> not happening. Mm-hmm. But um, at least for the Sky, I do think that they have a really good chance to get one of them, and that's one of the main keys, Tierra Cowan. Uh, another one is Satu Sabli. Uh, I'm not sure who she's going to defend mostly, but I think she's going to, you know, roam against everybody else. Uh, that's another thing. If you can keep Satu from going off and like maybe keep her under at least 10 points in that first quarter, underneath three assists, I think that's a good way to keep them winning because if she's not initiating and then the rotation at the start coming in, LC's making substitutions, or Watkins coming in early in the first quarter, and foul trouble as well. Um, one thing that Dallas has had a trouble with lately is, you know, complaining with the refs. And, you know, you give the other team numbers in transition, Chicago likes to get out of run. And you let them do that, you know, it's, it's a hard way to win that game. I think for the sky, keeping them out of transition, meaning the the elephant in the room more often than not for the sky is the live ball turnovers. <clears throat> there's there's different types of turnovers. You got the turnovers where you're trying to trying to squeeze a pass into somewhere that's not, and then there's the turnovers where it's just an absolute bad pass. And then there's other turnovers where, um, obviously you got the fouls. Um, and the other, you know, there's, there's just like multiple different types of turnovers, but the live ball ones are the ones where, like the ones I mentioned, there's a dead ball that comes after that, meaning your defense is set. But the live ball turnovers, there's absolutely no defense for. Those are the ones that really, really kill the sky. And it seems like they come, when it, when it does happen, it comes in like a quarter, like a near full quarter type of stretch. And that, that makes like whatever lead they may have had, flipped or it exacerbates whatever lead another team had. That's the thing they got to keep from Dallas because Dallas, obviously their offense is good and they have a lot of weapons they can go to, but for their uh, for their flow, they typically get a lot in transition and that's what then helps them keep with more pace in the half court. They have to, the sky have to take care of the ball this weekend. They take care of the ball and they can keep their defense set and they keep their defensive shell intact before the offensive possession starts. I think that's where they can really really just keep themselves in a positive flow. And that's kind of a lot of what we saw against the Mercury. Uh, DT had some moments, but they didn't have any turnovers, even independent of all of that. Like a, like a single player might have a, a breakout game like DT did. But mm-hmm. if you can just take care of the ball, I think I really do think that solving the live ball turnover riddle for this guy is something that would really change the trajectory of their season down this home stretch. And uh, in the games that they don't turn the ball over with the live ball variety that much, They've shown that they can compete with anybody in the W, even with the many injuries that they have seen this season. What was it, like five turnovers, I think, on mm-hmm. Sunday? Mm-hmm. I think only like maybe two of those were live ball. So you keep them out of transition. And then obviously the other big thing is on the glass. Like you have to, you have to contend on the glass. You got to have at least four players 
crashing the glass defensively, um, independent of whoever is contesting the shot out on the perimeter potentially because that's another entity where Dallas Wings dictate more than anything. They're leading the league in, uh, in rebounding right now, and obviously Big T is a big part of that. But like we mentioned, they have a lot of tall players and tall players with wide-ranging wingspans. So you have to you have to compete on the glass. That's why having a guard like Courtney Williams, who might lack the stature of elite rebounders, but she has the heart and the anticipatory skill to, to read where the ball is coming off the rim yes. consistently. And you just have to galvanize the troops and have not just be not just be a Courtney and Elizabeth, but everybody else chipping in in that specific department as well. I know we had some talk. Uh, French Bulls TV said he was looking forward. Uh, curious to see Alana Smith's defense on Sabali. These two games are going to be fun. And I think initially, uh, Lehman would, would look at the, re, the matchup between uh, Ari Kay and, and Kalia. But what do you think, Chris, with that? Uh, do you anticipate seeing a lot of Satu and Alana and vice versa? I do. But I also think that Satu has proved that she can also guard guards as well. She's fast enough. She does have the foot speed. And also the length. Um, I'm not sure if she'll be doing it a lot of the games, but I think do, do think that she will be kind of a, you know, someone's getting hot to go over there. Because if Cody Williams gets hot in the mid range, I mean, it's kind of hard, it's kind of hard to stop that. It's a <laughs> real pretty to see, especially those rainbow shots. But I, I do think she'll be roaming mostly the game. You know, she'll have different uh, defensive assignments. But as far as the rebounding on Sunday, the Scott, not the Scott, the Aces gave up 27 second chance points to the um, to the Wings, and they still won. Tierra um, McCallum had 14 rebounds. Out of those 14, eight were on the offensive glass. Chicago can't allow that to happen. If they do, it's not going to be a pretty day. I think that's. I think you made a, a handful of great points with that. And I mean, this, Satu's been a <laughs> it's been a, a theme of the show because she's just that <laughs> great. But she's like over the last since the All Star break specifically, she's guarded Courtney Vandersloot, Sabrina Ionescu, Kelsey Plum, Chelsea Gray, <laughs> Jackie Young, like. I have a name, not one front court piece, because she's been able to do all of these things. Like she is the um, the Swiss Army knife for the team, and she unlocks just so much for them defensively. Because now Arike doesn't have to be tasked with guarding the best guard from another team, or neither does uh, Crystal Dangerfield, because Satsu can do that. And whenever they're it's, when they whenever they deploy the, their switching scheme and they keep Big T back and just kind of in the paint. Satu's able to command a lot of that and cover up with emergency switches and helping and taking away driving angles. Like all of that little stuff she does is just so connective for the team, not just offensively, but defensively. And she, I think that, like a lot of the things she does on offense really get attention, but a lot of the stuff she does on defense even more so really just helps to push the needle for the team and change the game for them. I asked her two weeks ago, like, what is one of your favorite things on defense? And she said, playing the passing lanes. Because she loves getting out in transition. She loves setting people up. And one of the things I've noticed, you know, when the Wings players, at least to start off, when they average two or more steals a game, they win. They haven't had that a lot lately because, you know, a lot of things have been going differently, especially the shooting. But when she's in the passing lanes, I mean, setting people up, she's getting her own shot, going to the free throw line. It's pretty hard to stop. <laughs> Yeah, when she when she gets in passing lanes, and you can tell she enjoys it because she really <laughs> looks for the opportunities. She her anticipation and of course her range and ability to change directions is just, especially at her stature, is is almost unmatched. But I think and the other thing with her is she's a good rebounder, and when she's rebounding on the defensive glass, guess what? 
Now she's pushing the ball in transition. She doesn't have to make an outlet pass. She's taking it. And the fact that you have a front court piece that can grab a rebound and just go instead of outletting it to somebody, that allows you to play with so much more pace. I think there was a there was a moment where I forgot who she was switched on in the Aces game. But she was against one of the guards. She got the stop, grabbed the rebound, came down the court, collapsed the paint, and then she hit Arika in the fourth quarter for a three on the left side. And it's like those little things, like outside of Asia and AT and Stewie, like there's not that many other front court pieces that are literally getting a stop, grabbing the rebound themselves from the stop that they got, and then going and finishing off in transition with a pass out, you know, to a three point shooter. And that just speaks to the unicorn in her. Uh, I know that's kind of a coin phrase, but she really truly is a unicorn and one of the pieces that's like a sign of the evolution of the W where it's not just guards that can do things and do everything or offense and defense, but the wings and front court pieces and she's kind of a tweener in a positive way they can do that stuff. It's just just like a just a sign of where things are kind of trending in terms of skill development for players, not just guards like I mentioned, but front court pieces as well. That's like a true that's, unicorn. Man. <laughs> Listen, when she's rotating on the help side, you, oof, oh, you don't want to see that. You don't want to see that. Nah. So Sky looking to keep it, say, under 10 turnovers. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if, if Marina's going to get 25 in both games, but 25 in at least one game from Marina would be pretty solid. That would get you at least one win out of two. Um, we're coming towards the end, but the DraftKings pick of the week. Chris, this is a good one for you. Um, it's, it's Futures time on DraftKings, and there's – 15 games left in the season. Dallas is 14 and 11 right now, and DraftKings has them at plus 115, which means $100 gets you 115 back if Dallas goes over 23 and a half wins. So you think they can win 10 of the last 15 games of the season? Are you taking that bet? Oh, man, honestly, um, looking at the schedule, it's possible. I think one of the things that has to happen for that to happen, though, they have to make a trade to the down for a shooter. Um, I'm not sure who they can acquire, but literally anyone that's shooting league average or better, Dallas needs you. <laughs> like, mm. literally, they, they, they need you. Uh, but if they can acquire somebody at the deadline that can do that, I think they'll probably maybe win more than that because this team is really unstoppable when they get going, and that's one of the things they've needed the most. Sammy Wickham came I, I, I was literally just about to say with the draft picks that they got, from the sky. Um, if they can nab somebody like Sammy, mm-hmm. the way that she moves off the ball and the way that she can also initiate with the ball and just kind of dictate things on offense, that would be that would be a game changer. Like, I really think they would be not just being able to contend with the Liberty, but also be able to, like, potentially be equally as good, if not better. Like, obviously, name for name, it might not. But the way their pieces fit with a Sammy type of player. Yeah. Man. Mm-mm. That's all you need. That's it. So if, we'll say, let's say if you see that move, if you see that move come through, <laughs> that Dallas gets a shooter in the backcourt or a shooter on the wing, then take that 115, plus 115 over 23 and a half wins. Kristen, man, thank you for coming on the show again. Kristen Braswell uh, for Mavs Moneyball and formerly a fan side in the high post hoops. Follow Kristen at Snacks for Tweets. He's not in the city. <laughs> but he will tweet about the city because he's from the city. Um, we, we, we talked earlier in the season about where you want to see Isabel Harrison go before her injury. So if you had a place, if you had a restaurant right now in the next five seconds, you're like, Izzy should go here and get the essential Chicago taste. Where would it be? Uh, the beggars on 127th, the Blue Island. 
Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you, you can't go to the one in. Uh, you can't go to one in. Uh, I think there's one in the South Loop. I know there's one in. Uh, no, Bronze. Yeah, I know what you mean. One. Yeah, you can't go to those. You got to go to the original, the OG. Yep. 127th Street, Blue Island, Beggar's Pizza for sure. That's one with the curved glass in the front. That's how you know it's the OG. <laughs> <laughs> and notice, notice for people out there listening, he did not say Giordano's. He said beggars. Yeah. He said beggars. Didn't, didn't I'm say just, I'm going to just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, I know you got articles coming out this week, so check Stay True S.3 um, and check the CHGO underscore Sky account for those. Steven, what, just a little preview of what you got coming out. Yeah, I'm going to be talking about pick and roll because I think they had their best um, terms of start to finish game and pick and roll as a team um, on Sunday against the Mercury. And I think that's a, especially with Emray being emphasized, uh, emphasized in that specific context of offense. They can continue to dictate that way that they did on Sunday. That's going to be where they can really start to um, kind of find their silver lining in the season and keep themselves above water in terms of that playoff standing. And uh, I also have a lot of stuff on my YouTube page as well. I always forget to mention it. Somebody was like, "Hey, you keep like say something about the YouTube page." So all of my film sessions and stuff that are sky related are on my YouTube page. Uh, so you can find my stuff there as well. Again, the best X's, the best X's and O's, man, east or west of the Mississippi, Stephen Garner. Please stay tuned with him. For our producer, Law on the Draw, Lawrence Benedetto, I'm Chris Pennant. This has been the CHGO Sky Show, as always, presented by DraftKings. Use the code CHGO at DraftKings. When you open your account, get $20 off. Look out for us August 11th. We'll have a playback coming when the Sky take on the Liberty. Until then, check them out this weekend in the doubleheader down south in Dallas. Until next time, keep your head above the clouds.